When you're a single parent, there can be a lot going on from managing money to growing your career or business while parenting, dating, and finding time for yourself. How can you create a great life and actually have fun doing it? That's the question we're here to answer. Welcome to Single and Mighty, the podcast where we believe single parents deserve to lead mighty lives. I'm Carmel Ecker, a single parent who gets my adventure fix as a mountain biking coach. I'm also the founder of Your One Amazing Life. And I'm Lindsay Carlson, a solo parent who left an abusive relationship to start a new life. I now enjoy running my own company, Mighty Inc. Marketing. We've both been single parents for more than a decade, which means we've made our share of mistakes and learned a few things along the way. What stands out for us is the value of community, inspiration, and support to create a life you love no matter what the world throws at you. And that's what this podcast is all about. So listen in, get inspired, and leave a review so other single parents can find it too. And sign up at singleandmighty.com for bonus resources and special news. Welcome to Single and Mighty. And today we have Karina Reeves. Karina is a certified relationship coach, as well as an award-winning classically trained cellist, which I'm kind of excited about to ask her about later. She and her partner work with entrepreneur couples, and they split their time between Toronto and the small town of Dundas. (laughs) (laughs) I got it right. Okay. Awesome. Welcome, Karina. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. It's such it's such a, a privilege and I'm so excited to talk to you both. I just love that you're you're other moms and that you're wanting to talk to moms and we're just gonna we're gonna get we're gonna dig into all the mom stuff. I love it. Thank you. I love it. I also think a lot of this is super relevant to the dads out there. So don't fast forward if you're a dad. <laughs> oh yeah, thank you. Thank you for saying that. One million percent. Welcome dads. We love you. Yeah, totally. Yes, definitely. (laughs) To kick things off, Karina, we'd love to hear your single parent story. Yeah, thank you so much. Separated in end of 2015, 2016. So doing the math, oh my gosh, it's almost eight years now, seven years. And my kids were pretty young. They were five and seven. And things hadn't been great for a while. We'd why do all new parents do this? We'd taken on like a massive house renovation. Oh, wow. (laughs) Ouch. Neither of us had any family who could help with the kids. And I come from a very small family. I'm an only child. My mom's an only child. And my dad's only sister never had any kids. So I never really, momming was like a real everything was a learning curve for me. Everything was a learning curve. And so mm-hmm. things hadn't been easy for a while. And my pa- my friends asked me, you know, what took you, why did it take you so long? And I, we really came to the, the answer that I needed the kids to be a certain age in order to be able to function well enough to leave with mm-hmm. no, with no family support. So yeah. once they're five and seven, they're sort of at school some of the time and they can feed themselves and they don't need diapers and all that kind of thing. So that, yeah. was, that, that was the timing of that. And I wanted them to have a better, I wanted them to have better relationship role models. 
I was not from the stay together for the kids point of view. I was a, if they're seeing their mom and dad being like this, this is what they're learning about what grown up relationships look like. And I was not into that. That was Preach. in my mind, like a terrible curse to give them for that to be their, their role models. So, I can so yeah. relate to that. Yeah, amazing to know that, to be present enough in the moment to realize, you know what, the most important thing here is what we're doing for our kids, and this isn't it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh so I think I think there is some relief all around. <laughs> I, even, <laughs> I even managed to spin it a little bit that they got to have two houses. Part of the relate part of the renovation, like there were no doors. There was no, there wasn't even a door on the bathroom. And I was like, mom's going to get a new house. You're going to get to have two houses and there's a door on the bathroom. And they're like, oh my God, that's incredible. <laughs> nice spin, mom. <laughs> yeah. It lasted for a little while until they. A bathroom door. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, divorce is hard and there was some, there's big impact on them and huge impact on, I'll speak for myself, on me. And mm. it ended up that the past two years, they've decided to spend more time with their dad and they actually live with their dad right now. Everything changes. There have been room renovations at my house and rumblings of wanting to come back and looks like pretty soon there's gonna be some, some more sleeping over at my house, which I'm absolutely thrilled about. But honestly, I haven't talked about that much. It's yeah. felt really vulnerable to, it feels like, <laughs> In fact, that the way my parenting journey has unfolded has been antithetical to what a good mom's mm. journey with her kids should look like. The good mom. The good mom story. Mm. Uh, kids first, always. Right. Always for the children. And I wasn't parenting how I liked. I, I, I was overreactive. I was in my trauma. I was, I was needing my journey of coming back into myself and my center and my groundedness and honestly my good humor. Like one of the things I love now, because my kids come over like several times a, a week for sort of dinner and homework and some TV time and just hang out. And mm. I love how much we laugh now. Like what a... <laughs> what a gift to have had this time that worked better. They just, I don't know, they called it. And I was like, I, I went with it, but how wonderful now that we like just laugh and have a good time together. So I that feels that. really, I would rather oh. have smaller time that we enjoy each other than this like, every moment is precious. You only get 18 summers until they leave the house pressure. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The pressure. Yeah. <laughs> no, and it's baloney. Yeah. I'm yeah. calling bull. Yeah. But nobody, people don't talk about this. And I love that you're open to talking about it because for some of us, it's our biggest fear. And so we do everything, including being totally stressed out, to try and make sure it doesn't happen. Yeah. And you're just blowing apart that whole idea that it's the end of the world. It, it isn't. And it gave you something that you wouldn't have had otherwise. And, and, and for your kids too. I love that. Mm -hmm. Thank so, you so much. Your perspective now is that it was the best thing that could have happened. 
at the time, <laughs> what without were you? time travel, like you know, <laughs> I'm I, I could have like, right? put some like chips of healing and you know <laughs> relationship awareness. If I could like have a little floppy drive that I could put in my head, that would have given me my skills that I've learned now back right. then, and mm. yeah, that would that would have been awesome. But yeah. you know, life is so far for most of us life is linear <laughs> yeah yeah i know what it's that like to be in in that kind of a situation where there's a lot of pressure and misery around you and it doesn't bring out the best in you and years of that and that's just the parenting style that you fall into i i totally have been there and it is so hard to own up to that because there's so much fear around somebody saying oh my gosh well you don't deserve to have your kids but the fact of the matter is we're all doing the best we can. And the the model we can show our kids is, hey, I noticed something was going on that wasn't great. And I did something about it. I I made it possible for you to have a better life, no matter what that looks like. It's it's amazing that you did that. It's quite selfless to, to mm. be able to do that. To be able to be that selfish. Yes. Selfless. It's weird how that works, isn't it? <laughs> right, right. Well, the person I think who's not- had the most... Oh, sorry, Carmel. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, I think the, I'm guessing that you didn't necessarily fight it. You may not have wanted that situation where they're spending, you know, the vast majority of their time living at their dad's, but fighting it might have resulted in more trauma for everybody. Thank you for naming that. It's funny. We must have had a little mind meld there. That was exactly <laughs> part of what I was going to share. Was oh, the person I... who actually had the hardest time with it was my new partner, who we've been together for four and a half years now, and he's absolutely the love of my life, and and he's he's magic. But he has a very different parenting, modeling stories expression. And he had to do a bunch of work with himself to let it be okay that I wasn't fighting for my children. And Mm -hmm. he had stories that you should fight for your children. And I walked him through what I saw fighting for my children would look like, starting with, I'd be fighting. I'd be fighting with their dad. I'd be fighting with life. I'd be fighting with them, actually. And I didn't trust the stories that were going on um, at their uh, at the other places in their lives i i'm very committed to speaking well of their family and i could not i literally i see three c3po'd it in my mind i'm like what are the statistical chances that i could fight for them and we would all come out happier and I did not, I could not and did not see it with the level of capacity that, that, that myself and my ex had for how we could deal with each other. So letting it be, letting it go, trusting that this is right for right now and that it's all gonna somehow still work out. And mm. lo and behold, it seems to be what's happening. <laughs> That's so amazing. So soothing against that huge fear that you could have around losing your kid. You're not going to lose your kids unless you, you, you know, you sever that relationship. You're always there. You're always their parent. Yeah, Lindsay. And also that's partially their, their life path. Yeah. I hear from, I've heard from quite a few moms, especially when their kids are in their twenties. Yeah. My youngest isn't talking to me right now. Yeah. yeah, my eldest didn't talk to me for like three years. 
Like yeah. it's also our kids' life path of what yeah. they choose. And yeah. and I I believe part of the practice of being a good parent is also loving them where they are. And I don't want to, I literally don't want to make it worse. Like I believe my parenting is to support being a grown up, grown ass adult is to have learned how to support them. Even when I don't like it, that to me is being like a true parent. Mm. That's so hard too. That's the most challenging of all is to be, okay, I'm accepting what's really going on, not constantly fighting it. And yeah. Wow. Kudos. It's a practice. It's a practice. Mm -hmm. And once it starts to build momentum, oh my gosh, it's so much more peaceful. It's so much more peaceful and it's across the board, right? It's, I was actually teaching, I have one cello student left. I love her so much. We have the best time. And her cello had, what happened? It had something wrong with it and and I couldn't fix it in the lesson. And so I was like, well, we could still do some of the life coaching that I've been talking about. She's like, actually, that would be really great. And And she was like, I need to manifest more good things. I, because I was telling her, I just, I just manifested some really cool shit a couple weeks ago. Do you want to hear about it? You might. Yeah, yeah, sure. (laughs) You might be jealous. I love it. You got the sass. I love it. (laughs) So this is how it, it was great. And then it just kept getting better. So about a month ago, maybe six weeks ago, and actually that was why I reached out to Carmel. I realized that I want more colleagues, girlfriends, like support community in my life. And I'm part of this group and I realized that I hadn't really been reaching out to anyone in there. And I didn't, so I started like this, my own private campaign to like talk to people. And then I talked to Carmel and then another business coach that I'm with, he hosted a, a summit about JV. So JVs are joint ventures, things you do with other people. Three days of just, what could we do together? What would be cool? And Mm -hmm. I met this woman who's, happens to live in Spain in Ibiza and she happened to think I was the bee's knees from how I showed up and she was like I'm having a retreat I think you should come for free you just have to cover your flight and so it took me a bit of hemming and hawing I'll tell you that much but I finally I was like I think I'm gonna do it so I went to Ibiza for this incredible week met all these amazing other women and then not only did I manifest that, but on the way home, this here's the perfect example of going with everything's working out. My flights got delayed. Oh, mm. that's bad, right? Mm. Oh, and then my flight was further delayed and it was actually canceled. And I'm in the airport in Spain on customer service with Air Canada. Nobody can figure out what to do. There's no Air Canada agents. And I had this revelation. I'd been like wandering around for like two hours. I had this revelation. I was like, I need to leave the airport and go back to the check-in place because I know there's there's the check-in like the people there from my airline so I go I arrive and they're like oh they just got us a hotel and I joined this like group of people and this woman looked like she was Canadian and I was like are you Canadian and she was like sorry and I was like oh yeah you are and so <laughs> So then I found this group of six, five other, there were six of us total. We formed a WhatsApp group, Lost in Madrid, Canadians Lost in Madrid. 
we had this incredible night. They'd already been there for work. They like tour guided us around. They had expense uh, accounts. They paid for my dinner, my wine, my like oh my late God. night visits and that. We had the most incredible time. The hotel was amazing. The breakfast the next morning was like some of the best food I'd ever eaten. And Air Canada paid me $890 as an apology for having canceled my flight. Wow. What? <laughs> okay, we need that. We need that down low. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it all starts with trusting everything's going to work out and being oh. able to be with the feelings you're having right now as feelings, as mm. opposed to believing the fears that you're going to die, basically. Right, right. That's basically the fear that comes up. Yeah. It's like you're going to die. It stops you from doing everything. Yep. Yes. I'm going to lose my kids. It feels like I'm going to die yes. or they're going to die, which is just as bad or worse. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah, the, wow. the sh pardon my language, but the shit storm in your head. It's the right? shit storm in your head. If you feed it, we'll just keep growing and growing and growing. And it's this future stuff. Like the, there's what's happening now. And then there's like, how is this going to get even worse as it goes on? And we actually, continually catastrophize the future based on one thing that's happened now but none of that stuff has happened yeah most yeah. people what if the wrong way yeah like, what if yes i love that the good that quote is so good most people what if the wrong way i Courageous. love that action yeah, i love so that good. too because look what happens you just go with it you let go of what society is going to judge. You follow your instinct to be agreeable in a situation that's pretty painful, I'm sure. And the future Maybe not is agreeable. Can I? Can I? Can we? Okay. Can we navigate that word agreeable. How about <laughs> grounded and wise? Beautiful. Mm. Very grounded and very wise. Because you can like say that. no. Because agreeable doesn't mean grounded and right. wise doesn't mean saying yes to things yeah. that you don't want to say yes to. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. We don't want to take away anyone's sense of agency here. Mm -hmm. I love it. So tell, tell me you, you now work with people in their relationships and you're really big on communication. Mm -hmm. And I imagine you're really good at communicating with your ex because you really, you two really have to rely on each other. Do we rely on each other? Huh? No. Well, hmm. Well, for the care of your children. Yeah. Like you yeah, kind of yeah, have yeah. to trust. I do trust. Has yeah. their best interests at heart. Yeah. So that's, that gets to be a box that I just, I trust. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's some things I don't like and some <laughs> things I'm going to trust that also that my kids will get to unwind as they wish mm. or don't wish as they become more and more adults. Mm -hmm. I'm going to trust that, that I am going to do my best to role model the things that I think are wonderful about how to live and how to be and how to connect with, especially with hard things. Yeah. And my communication specifically with men, but it does also apply with women, really shifted when a friend of mine recommended a book after my divorce. Hmm. I think I was dating or maybe he was, maybe my ex was, I was struggling with him and she was like, Oh, you're a frog farmer. And I was like, excuse me. 
<laughs> oh my god okay what is okay. that mean? yeah I she's, lo- I'm... she's like oh you need to read the book the queen's code and i was oh. like well i like that part better <laughs> <laughs> and i was like okay and she had a copy and she loaned it to me very generously and it continues to be a gift Mm. that I recommend it to every single one of my women clients. The men can read it as well. It can be very validating to see um, what women are up against and the habits that women have been trained to have with men. Right. And my my current partner, Matt, he, he wanted to read it. He's like, how do you do all these things that feel so good to me? And I was like, it's from oh, this book. <laughs> and he's I like, it. It, was, it was incredible to him. He was like, I'm reading the book. And I'm like, she does that. She does that. She does that. She does. And, and he literally wants to do things for me. He feels, we both feel like we got the lucky end of the stick being with each mm. other. Love we it. feel like the so other good. one gives more than we, we sort of want to like have to make sure we're giving enough because we both feel like we receive so much. Beautiful. And for communication, it all starts with what I've nicknamed the Queen's Code Ask. And one of the biggest steps in the Queen's Code Ask is to stay in your side of the street that you are asking. Mm-hmm. I have an ask. I have an ask of you. And one of the things that women do because we feel vulnerable asking and hearing, risking hearing a no, is a couple of things. First of all, we don't ask enough. And so we start asking when things are really dire. Mm. We wouldn't ask if it wasn't yes. like really important. Totally true. <laughs> yeah. And so we let our buffer or our resources get too low before we ask. Right. Right. So yes. So then things like we really can't hear a no because we really don't know what the heck we do if, if it wasn't no, no because there's no there's, there's no, no plan B. There's no plan B. Oh, and we expect, we expect the other person to see that. We wouldn't have asked if it wasn't so important. And of course they need to follow us. And that must feel terrible. Yeah. It must feel terrible. And yeah. also like a lot of pressure. Mm. Like, why are you only asking me now? We are asking mm. from a place where we actually don't want to give them choice. Yeah. Yes. The best wow. way to ask is when it's okay if they say no. Mm. And the irony is that makes them have way more space to say yes. Wow. Oh, I love that. Yeah, love that's that. it, that's but it's it's a matter of training your brain to really believe that. And and I'm I am a terrible procrastinator. When it comes to asking, I am. I am like the one that's like, okay, I have to ask. I know I need to ask and I'll put it off and I'll put it off and I'll put it off. Right. right? And then it's like either I lose the opportunity because I didn't ask soon enough. Yeah. And now like if he says no, I'm I'm hooped and that feels awful. Yeah. Or like as you say, it's like now he feels pressure to say yes. <laughs> Yeah. It also feels awful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and yeah. So like, I've been like trying to figure out how do I retrain yeah. myself to just tell myself that it is okay to ask. It's just mm. okay. It's okay to ask. It's like, but there's this sense for me that, you know, asking too much 
is not okay. I, I don't yeah. have anywhere to other way to put it. So I don't know if yeah. anybody, I, I can't be alone in this. <laughs> no, I, I, was alone the same, I was thinking exactly that. Also, like we put, if we're, if we're doing, as we were saying last conversation that we had and we're, women are kind of conditioned to put ourselves last, then having any needs at all is kind of shameful in, in mm-hmm. some deep down part of our psyche. Yeah. So that's, that's really going against this conditioning. Really interesting. Which is the other book that I think all women should read. <laughs> Yay! Un- Unbound by Kasia Urbaniak. Oh, wow. Unbound. And it's all about the good girl squish. Ah. It's all about you shouldn't have any needs, but if you do have needs, you have to give yourself away to get them met. So you're either mm. all the way the rebel, all the way the independent, all the way separate, or you're all the way submissive, all the way obligated all the way mm. under their power and the the thing with us with the squish is there is the lie that society tells us is that there's there's a perfect amount where we get to be in the middle and that mm. is the lie there is no perfect amount with the squish mm. the minute you start to give something that you have a need you it tips the minute mm. you're like okay i have to just do more myself you tip. There is no landing on the edge. And letting go of that paradigm is what we've been talking about. We've been talking about a whole new paradigm of how do I ask? How do I ask? Mm-hmm. So, so Carmel, I would offer that when a practice you could have with yourself for like 30-day, five-minute journaling or just exploring in your mind is the space of, well, what am I scared of if he says no? And the more you explore that space of, well, I could do this or I could do that. Or, I mean, I guess if he says, no, this could happen. The more you get comfortable with that space of him not doing what you want, lets you be in your imagination, your creativity, your resourcefulness and your groundedness Mm. that actually gives him way. It's way easier to hand something to someone when they're not wobbling all over the place. Yeah. How do you that sounds like I'm, I mean if it would be okay like would you mind yeah. I, mean, I know it's asking a lot and they're like can I have the pleasure of giving you something this isn't fun for me no forget it now and then it's over when it comes to I, I'm gonna kind of flip that over a little bit when it comes to asking from someone who's not your partner like your former partner yeah I think one of the fears too for me anyways I'll just speak from my perspective is that he will say yes and then it and then it feels like well now do I owe him something for having done that for me and it's like well <laughs> is is this gonna come back to haunt me <laughs> good question Mm-hmm. You get to decide. So it's not just, you know, oh God, he might say no. It's like, oh God, he might say yes. And then mm. like That's a really I good reason that, to have him not he, say yes. Yeah. Is he <laughs> gonna think that I owe him something down the road? Right? Yeah. So, so just a couple things. Yeah. Yeah. Like have an agreement. Mm. So for example, like sometimes my my partner often like so he has an agreement. So if he asks for an extra for to like switch weekends or switch days, they keep a tally. So she'll get an extra day somewhere else. That is their agreement. That's how they do it. So it's not, ooh, will will she want that day? No, she she's entitled to that day. That's that's what they've agreed. Mm-hmm. And if they make up stuff that you haven't agreed to, 
practicing feeling the discomfort of your, your no. Nice. Right. Your boundary. Is yeah. then also part of what you get to explore. Right. So and boundaries per- can be incredibly kind. Yeah. Because it means you're not holding on to resentment and resistance. Mm. It's just simply mm-hmm. the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so good. I think a lot of us don't get these skills. So thank you for bringing some of these eye-opening thoughts. And I'm sure that we could go down and down deeper and deeper into the rabbit hole, but we only have you for so long today. Okay, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I did, I did, I did want to just touch briefly on, on something that you said, and like, you know, it's about the agreements and, and there's so much power in establishing something ahead of time, right? Like having that communication ahead of time, sort of anticipating some things so that it it just, it avoids conflict later. Have, mm-hmm. Do you see that in the, in the coaching that you do? Absolutely. And, and part of that coaching is creating enough capacity to actually be vulnerable, not in the ask, but be vulnerable sharing your vulnerability. I've been having fears come up that if I ask for this, that there's going to be some weird payback later. And it would feel really good in my system that we can just clarify right now if there is something that you'd like so that we can have this exchange be clean. Mm. Oh, <laughs> saying so, what you think and what you feel. Wow. <laughs> so good. So, but also I think some people don't know how to no. express that. Right. It's so like, scary to express that. Yeah. The vulnerability. You have no idea how somebody's going to receive what you put down. And so we avoid it. But how mm-hmm. cool is that to just be upfront about it? And and really careful in your choice of words that you don't make them feel like you're worried that they're going to be unreasonable but just that it's going to create an expectation and mm. you want to nail that down right now. Yep. Yep. Mm. So two things there. I actually demoed, cause I realized we didn't actually clarify what the queen's code ask is. I actually demoed the queen's code ask right there. So I was clear okay. of what I wanted bonus points. If you can actually like say how long, like all the, all the parameters of it, including the conversation itself, I need about five minutes to chat with you about something is now good or would later be better. Give them room for when works for them. And then I told him how it would feel. I would feel reassured. I would feel more secure. I would feel like I could know better what's coming and that would feel really good for me because then they get to give you something that feels good for you. So, which is the second point I wanted you to notice, it always feels energetically more in flow to ask for what you do want instead of worrying and protecting what you don't. And if you can Mm -hmm. do that one thing across your life, Mm -hmm. it will move mountains. It, the mm-hmm. amount of things people do because they're scared of something happening always makes the energy go into a twisty pretzel. Always. So good. So good. It works on a relationship level and it works on your whole life level. The same thing. If you live Absolutely. scared of what could go wrong, you just twist yourself up like that pretzel. Oh my goodness. So beautiful. Same, same. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm totally Lina. picking that book up. 
It is hard to find. So you okay. have to go to her website. Okay. Sometimes okay. they have like um, secondhand copies on Amazon, but okay. it's expensive. It's like a $50 book for hard copy. But okay. I think, but I think the, yeah, I didn't bother. I just got it on my Kindle, which isn't my favorite yeah. for a hard copy, but anyway, so just, yeah, uh, there's yeah. options. Yeah. There's options. We'll, we'll, we'll put a link in the show notes. Yeah. Great idea. Cause sometimes, sometimes with those expensive books, I know they come up a lot in marketing. It's like thinking about what if I had that same message come through in coaching or consulting with someone, would I be willing to pay 50 bucks? Quite often the answer is yes. So to me, it's like one of the cheaper ways you can get really top-notch education from someone is, is even to buy a more expensive book, but yes. it's nice that there are options online too. Yes. All right, Karina, we have a lightning round of a few questions that we'd love to ask our guests. And so if you're game, we will hop in. Carmel, did you want to ask the first one? Sure. I love asking the first one. So <laughs> finish this statement. Single parenting is. A beautiful, never-ending journey. Nice. I love that. Yeah. I love that perspective. Yeah. I feel like we could talk for hours. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> What's the most important thing that you learned from your parents or adult influences around you as a kid? Mm -hmm. Go back in. My dad, my dad, maybe he stepped over himself too much, but he was always willing to go back in, even when my mom was really, really challenging. And that was really beautiful. Wow. Wow. Amazing. What is one tradition that you've established, you know, as a as a single parent family? Lots. Always have <laughs> snacks. Always, always have okay. snacks when they come over. <laughs> My daughter and I created this like healthy version of the Wendy's Frosty. It's like Ooh, sweetened yeah. with dates and maple syrup and there's peanut butter in it. And like, I was like, do you want a Frosty? She's like, yep. She's hungry. Oh, nice. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Everything's better when you, when you eat enough. Yeah. yeah. Especially at oh. certain ages, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. Love Isn't it. Isn't that true? I don't know if you two get hangry, but I get hangry. Uh, oh my like, goodness. I've gotten really good at spotting it now. <laughs> my 20 year old is known to stand in front of the fridge and not be able to like decide. And so, and I know that his whole day goes better if he knows what to have for breakfast. So that's always my goal. It's like, okay, let's have a breakfast plan. Food is so important, especially, yeah. you know, in those childhood ages. I love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So good. Okay. And the last one, which we are not going to keep as the last question, but what is something you love to do for you, for yourself? Mm. It goes in phases. At the end of that, so for a lot of October and November, I, I like playing with like biohacks and mm. like exploring like what does feel really good. So I started, um, I have some water and then I go outside. And the, the, the neuroscientist that I was following, he's like, your whole day will be different if you get sunshine in your eyes first thing in the morning. And so just finding something in the day that's for my body, that's for my, my keel, my centeredness. So now that the sun isn't up for after, yeah. I, until after I get up, now I'm doing um, some of those cold showers. I'm doing like, I want to feel my body. I want to feel my presence. I want to feel that, that wild 
that wildness of something that's a strong sensation. So that, that's always something for my body every day. Mm, very cool. I, I love like it. that. And, and I, I'll have to say, Lindsay, I like that being the last question <laughs> because it's the last thing that we leave people with. This is true. Right. Mm. Like what's this something today? I, and I put this out to, you know, everybody who's listening, you know, what's something that you can do for yourself today, no matter how small, maybe it's just going for a walk, mm. but just what can you do for yourself today? That's just about you. Yeah. I love so it. You first, you get to that's come first. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Karina, thank you so much. This has been an amazing conversation and I hope we'll hear more from you as a guest on the show in the future or a collaborator. And yeah, we will leave show notes for our listeners to find out so they can find out where they can find you online and learn more from you from your social media. Amazing. Thank you. I had the best time. Best, best, best time. And I have a little gift for you to put in the show notes for your people. Oh, amazing. yay. Okay. Great. Well, I want to know what it is. <laughs> I'm like, sure. Don't leave okay, people well, hanging. Okay. A practice that I do that helps support coming into noticing instead of judging. Same mm. words, totally different energy that lets you flow with whatever's happening. I call mm. it my, my flow. What do I call it? My flow to freedom. My, there's anyway, there's F's in there. Really good F's, the good <laughs> F words. Awesome. Well, we will share things for you. And thank you again for jumping on the show. It's been a pleasure. Yes. Thank so you lovely. so much. Thank you. Before you leave, we want to give a big shout out to our friend and musician, Laura Kosh, who wrote our intro and outro music. Laura is the singer-songwriter for the band The Quirks, and you can find them online at thequirks, K-W-E-R-K-S dot com. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, and share it with other single parents in your life. Thanks for listening. <laughs>